When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello, welcome to the show that's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan here with Michael and Moscow White as well. The weekly show, number 270 for you. If you want more of what we do, by the way, there is TSB Plus, our membership package, where we give you more, we give you bonus stuff, you get a daily email, you get exclusive subscriber-only stuff on there as well, the extra ball. Over the the break, the enforced FA Cup semi-final uh, weekend break, when we should have been playing Chelsea, we've got a good, um, it's a two-parter, an interview with Alan Sutton, former physio of Leeds United, that's going to be going out on the free feed, but there's going to be an extra half an hour of material as well for our members as well. So if you want to get the full lot, have a look at TSB+. Plus. Here's a little sample of what you can enjoy from the Sutty chat. Next thing I know is the interpreter, she bursts into the MRI scan and drags him out of the MRI scan. He'd been in about five, seven minutes, something like that. He hadn't been in long, and off to go. Right. Well, I got told afterwards, even with all that imaging what they had, there were issues. I'm not sure whether it was his hip or whether it was his knee at the time. So the next thing, obviously for me, I have to go down to Ellen Road to see Mr. Fotherby. So I went down and said, oh, Mr. Mr. Fotherby, have you got a minute? Yes, yes. What is it, Alan? What is it? We can't sign him. We've got a problem. What? What? You can't say that. You can't say you know we're dealing with there. We are dealing with the Italian mafia in there. <laughs> and he said, right, he said, I'll tell you what, you go tell them that we can't sign him because if we're going to shoot anybody, they can shoot you. <laughs> and that's, that is absolutely true what he said to me. It's a really good chat with Alan Sutton, isn't it? I mean, we spent about four or five hours in his company and he's a raconteur. Yeah, I think we recorded about two and a bit hours of it, but I think there was at least an additional two hours of us <laughs> just chatting to him and I think we could have... Equally done another, I don't even know. Week. Another week, another week or something. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's he's experienced some stuff at Leeds as, uh, as Sotty. So but no, he's a lovely bloke. Yeah, just a bit. The squareball.net forward slash plus for details on that. Well, a big feature of the weekly show has been relegation watch. So are we ready to retire that yet, Michael? Or should we just as a safety precaution keep it in place for a bit longer yet? Let's keep it for now. Let's keep it for now. <laughs> you can always watch. That's true. You don't have to stop watching. Mm. It gets big. In fact, it gets better. It the could further have... away from it, the, the better it looks. <laughs> I will watch more. If only Everton had done the decent thing and beaten Burnley and lost to Scum, I think we, I would be almost ready to retire this. But they couldn't even do that, could they? Useless bastards. <laughs> so I think it's we're nearly there, aren't we? We're going to batter Crystal Palace. We'll muller Manchester City. 
destroy Arsenal, sweep Chelsea aside, and then it won't even matter how many we win by against Brighton and Brentford. <laughs> we're going on that uh, end of season run from last season again. Just win, 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 win. It is mad how, how compact the uh, like the middle of the table has become and and why you know clubs spend 25, 50 million quid just on a couple of league places. You you realise, don't you? Like That's essentially what it boils down to when it comes to the shake-up at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, by the time we do play Palace, we might actually be safe because if Burnley can't win any of their three games they played before then and Everton can't either, then we probably don't need anything else this season because it'd be Burnley would be down to like their last five games, I think. They'd be, yeah, they'd be down to five games left and needing to win more or less all of them, probably. Mm-hmm. So it may all be over and done with by the time we play Palace, but I get the feeling that, I get the feeling they'll win at least at least one or two of those. The the not needing to do anything else would be my preferred outcome. I don't know about you. Yeah. I mean also not winning again in the remaining six games would feel pretty dreadful. <laughs> it's, it's the other aspect. What for of it. us? Yeah, even yeah. if you know, even if that actually is enough for us to keep us up, which I think it may well be. I'm not. I, I wouldn't be confident. I think 36. Brentford now have um, have hit 36, and I think it's fair to say they are they are now safe. I can't see anyone catching them. Other Newcastle are still just about within reach. I think, but I'm I'm relatively confident. Well, 538. You know that. Um algorithm website that we've spoken about before mm. we, we followed it quite closely didn't we in the promotion running and the, the odds of certain things happening they reckon the probability of us going down from here is about 10 percent that feels probably about right mm. it's almost like they've done the numbers on that that, well, that is exactly they've what probably, they've, done. they've probably done the numbers on it rather than me who've looked at a table and gone probably be all right here well, i that, think that is based on they, they call it the soccer power index is their algorithm where they look at opponents that are upcoming and games that you've got left and all you know all the things are factored into what your current performance is and then you know your your probability is weighted from that so i mean that and that lengthened sorry that shortened rather from um from 14% which was prior to the norwich burnley game so when norwich beat burnley it decreased our chances of relegation by a whole 4% I mean, Burnley's games do look fairly winnable, is the only thing. They're away at West Ham, who are now out of form and seemingly concentrating on Europe. Then home to Southampton and Wolves, who are both fine. Obviously, we know Wolves mm. we, we know Wolves won't be allowed to get into Europe because of the, the uh, FA FIFA conspiracy. Oh, yeah. So they'll probably have to lose that game, or Wolves. But, but I mean, I think, I think you've got to remember, because I mean, there's that mindset that sort of underpins all this, that Burnley is suddenly going to go on this massive run, a run that they've not managed to do all season. They've only won four games out of 30. They probably need to win another four or five in order to do it. You just look at the fixtures and think, well, they, they probably shouldn't win too many of those. I mean, like, you know, Southampton will be a tough game despite Southampton going on their annual um, holiday. And it needs Everton to start winning games as well for us to actually be in trouble. Where And Everton have got Leicester and Liverpool as their next two. And yeah. you can, uh, you, you can't, you, well, you certainly can't see them getting anything out of Liverpool. So... It's nice to have that extra team in there, I think. If we can keep them both in the mix, so it's not us, it's the yeah. old... Um, or, or, or do we want Everton just to pull away and... No, and, and put, want to keep losing. And demoralise Burnley, no? No, want us to keep losing, both okay. of them. Yeah. Both of them never win another game. <laughs> okay. I want Everton to stay up on 28 points <laughs> and watch Frank try and claim some glory from that, like... What a good, what a good job! Twenty-eight points, exactly, exactly what I was aiming for. I just realised we're we're ahead of the one point per game schedule at the minute, which will keep you up. I mean, admittedly, we've got three very, very difficult fixtures coming up. Not to mention, no fixtures are easy in this league, and we're going to Palace and Brentford and Brighton and all that. But Watford was quite easy. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I know we are back to that uh, phase of bargaining about why it's all going to be all right, but I think, I think I feel it's probably going to be all right now. Yeah. I don't want to say we're fine. 
but we're nearly fine. And there's no reason we can't go to Palace and get something. I know, I know we're kind of joking about the games coming up after it, but Palace aren't that good. We've had, a, we've had a terrible season and they're four points better off than us. We beat them already. Exactly. So let's just go there and win that. Okay. And then get our feet up and just piss about for the last, <laughs> for the last few games. That question of why, like where Palace are in relation to us and things is interesting because I was looking at the table this morning and you have to go up to eighth and Wolves to find a team that has won more games than it's lost this season. Because I was thinking about the reaction to Watford and, and stuff and I was kind of like happy with the, the result in the way that I didn't get to head up about getting beaten earlier in the season because to finish 15th-ish, 10th to 15th was going to mean like Brentford have lost. Well, no, take Villa. Villa I was going to say, yeah, Villa. Villa have lost 17 games and they are 12th. So all the defeats that we kind of took along the way, I was like, well, it's progress. It just gets us one defeat nearer to where we will probably be at the end of the season. And 20 was kind of, I think, the upper limit of how many you can lose and still stay in the division. And we have lost 15. So five to go. But (laughs) it is weird. It's just not a league that's kind of set up for winning very often. And it's only, yeah. So, I mean, Leicester, ninth have only won 11 games. Same numbers have lost. So it's... It's a funny old division, and it's. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like the whole middle section from eighth to seventeenth, because because Everton, uh, you know, are more likely to stay up than Burnley. I feel like if they stay up that whole eighth to seventeenth, you could probably draw them out for where they'll finish next season, and they'll all be somewhere in that mix. You could just you'll just chuck those same teams on that same bit of league table, and they'll be in slightly different places. It'll be Everton in eleventh, and Brighton in seventeenth, and us in thirteenth, and it'll be seventh. Seven, but it'll eight. just be. It'll all be they'll all be in there somewhere, not that far apart from each other points wise. It's kind of crazy, and it's not like not to go over old Bielsa ground, but as a principle, when you think about how often teams change managers just to end up finishing in that kind of seventeenth to tenth bracket, where the difference between tenth and seventeenth is is never actually that big a, a deal. Is like you know, if Villa had kept Dean Smith, would it have been like massive? We finished four. above them last season, didn't we? Now we finished ninth. Where did they finish? Was it about tenth or eleventh? Yeah, they were just behind us. Yeah, right. So they're going to finish twelfth, and then we are. So well, they might not finish twelfth, but they're twelfth now, and we are four points behind them. But these, uh, so these small gaps, they'll become huge kind of existential crises that you know nobody has a more inventive idea in the Premier League beyond sacking the manager. But interesting. So. It, but that's a kind of forward-looking thing of like if we're 15th or 16th next January, what are we saying about Jesse Marsh at that point? It's kind of, it's a funny situation. In well, just to be factually correct, Aston Villa finished 11th last season on 55 points when we finished 9th. So they spent all that money, gone through all that churn, had all that danger and jeopardy of getting rid of Smith and bringing in Gerard to be about the same. Yeah, to be about the same again. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, but imagine the points totals all seemed a lot higher last season. I think it's because we had three absolutely awful teams at the bottom, and in the end, Burnley finished seventeenth on thirty nine points, but once crucially won ten games last season while losing yeah nineteen. So you know, hopefully it'll be all right. <laughs> Just needs to be done <laughs> now. Yeah, basically. Are we done now with relegation? So we can move on, and everyone's happy. Well, we'll, we'll revisit it after um, we've not played for ages, well, yeah, but the, other teams have the run up to. The Palace game is going to be interesting, isn't it, in that regard, that we will probably have a far better idea at that point exactly how this season's going to look. Well, at least have the games in hand out of the way, because they've been looming for ages. It's, I mean, we've been obviously covering the 
the title win of 30 years ago. And in that, it's, it always felt like Man United had the games in hand. And this has been the same. It's always been, it, we look pretty much safe, but if Everton win the games in hand, if Burnley win the games in hand, I think Watford had games in hand on us as well at, at some stage. It was always, it always felt like we couldn't fully relax because of the potential for them to get points. And then they'd, they'd play games and you'd realise they were shit. So, so right, if we if we come out of this before the Palace game, what represents a good return for us out of this this quiet week? I mean, we can't lose, so that's good. That is good. Yeah, I kind of expect Everton might get a point, and Burnley might get four out of their games, which I think is still fine. Because they're we're going to have a game in hand on them when we go to Palace, aren't we? Which is mm. the, the bizarre thing. Yeah, we're going to come back. Everyone else will have played thirty three. We'll still be on thirty two. So we'll know what we're dealing with against Crystal Palace and. If Burnley lose um, all three of their games, we may as well just throw it. <laughs> throw <laughs> be it. Fine, won't be a problem. But um, oh we'll at least know where we are. But I'm, uh, yeah, it was a weird weekend from an Everton and Burnley point of view. I'm still optimistic that Burnley can overhaul Frank Lampard. I'd still like that to happen. I've no particular love for Burnley, no particular uh, hatred of Everton, but Lampard needs to go. So that can all happen below us. So, so if, as long uh, as we stay up, then you can sort of immerse yourself in the joy of watching others suffer. Mm. Although if Everton stay up, they'll have to probably keep Lampard and then we get to watch it all again next season. We get to watch them being bad right from the start. True, but I don't know. I think I think I'm, I'm because I watched the uh, Jake Humphrey and Rio Ferdinand and Joe Cole clip that I ended up I put on the blog about last week where Humphrey was saying quite straight out that um, it only takes a couple of wins and then the conversation changes and we're all talking about Frank the saviour. And then he ended it by saying, we are all rooting for you, Frank. And We've uh, got your back, he said as yes. well. Yeah. We've, we've got your back. We've got Fuck. your back, those are the words. And you can't... Nauseating. And you know, it, it was the reminder of, you know, Joe Cole played with him at West Ham and Chelsea. Rio Ferdinand played with him at West Ham in England. Was in the sex tape with him, with Frank Lampard. So Play, Played with him there, in a sense. It's kind of, when you have this kind of this is BT Sports kind of, you know, real in-depth analytical debate. You've got somebody who has had sex near Frank Lampard <laughs> talking about whether he's a good manager or not. I just want... And Jane Comfrey just aspires to that. I don't want any of them to be able to come out of it and go, yeah, Frank's gone in there and he's sorted it all out. He's saved that club. Because that's what they're all trying to set it mm. up to. They're trying to set it up as it's a disaster behind the scenes. Joe Cole, he doesn't, he's not very erudite pundit. Who amongst us is, shouldn't throw stones in the glass house but we're saying it's like he's bought something off the market and he's got it home and it's like he thought they said it was good quality and he opened it up and it's rubbish he was like listening to Cellino saying hey until you get the watermelon you don't know what's in there so they're all setting up as like he didn't know how bad Everton, Everton were until he went in there and I don't know what what would he have done differently would he not have brought in Van Der Beek and Deli Ali if he'd known differently I don't know what else he was going to do what an impact they've had though well exactly so his big grand scheme to have an impact hasn't even worked anyway. But so there's, it's either going to be not his fault that they go down or he will be the saviour if they stay up. Just relegate them and get get that on his CV and hopefully... Because you can't be England manager if you've relegated Everton. No. Mm. Surely that cannot happen. And then Everton are quite welcome to come back up as well. After mm. yeah, no, no, no axe to grind with Everton. Oh, so. no, not I, like, I like them as a club, actually. Somebody was saying... Because uh, obviously their fans were fretting about who could possibly replace Lampard after the, uh, they lost to Burnley. And Slavon Bilic was a, a name that was thrown about. It was like, get him in now and he would probably stay next season because he's, you know, he, he's done the thing with West Brom before. And that seemed like a good shout. And I'll be happy for Slavon Bilic to be back at Everton and sort them out, bring them up, and then we'll 
we'll beat them in the Premier League. That's great. Just to wrap up the stuff on the accounts, I mean, we didn't cover it last week because they came out after we'd recorded. It's kind of been done and we spoke about them on the Phil Hayes show and, and so on. But um, looking all right, particularly we've got the uh, the fire alarm test going off here in the background. But yes, um, it's fine, isn't it? Looking good, healthy club, living within its means. Haven't gone batshit mental in the Premier League yet, which is encouraging in one sense. Not then, spent enough. But then I was going to say that's the counter argument is always, well, look at them, spendthrifts. <laughs> Paying themselves all right, aren't they? The, uh, the director remuneration or whatever although still not as high as um, as the Bates era <laughs> it was pointed out wasn't it in the Swiss Ramble analysis of it which is kind of interesting because yeah. uh, given the the general financial state the club was in and, and all that it's um, yeah it's it's just Premier League isn't it <laughs> it's the quickest easiest way to describe the accounts everything goes from being no money to fucking loads of money just because there's a huge TV deal in there and the rest of it grows a bit but it's it's all TV money yeah it's interesting the, the Covid factor as well it would have been interesting to see what it would have been like if we'd come up and there'd been no pandemic and there'd been no season behind closed doors and the money that we lost, which is somehow our gate receipts compared to Everton. Well, it's not all gate receipts. Everton are trying to claim that if there was no pandemic, they could have sold Rondon for multiple hundreds of millions of pounds. So they should have that money um, on their profit and loss, profit and sustainability statements. But because Radrizani, when we're in the championship, was always like, the controls on spending here are too difficult. I have to put in a million every month just to pay the wages. And if I put in too much money, then we come up against financial fair play. Now, it's a straight I want to get into the Premier League and then I will play. And we get into the Premier League and we are not getting all the gate receipts revenue. And to pull a profit that season is actually exceptionally either, I don't know what the word is, kind of conservative because no other clubs have made a profit in the season that there was no fans in the stadiums they've all lost huge amounts of money and Leeds I wonder if that's a big influence on how much they were willing to spend on players and wages and the, the sort of the backloading of bonuses for staying up so to make sure it's all sustainable and just avoid going bust in a very difficult environment and also I suppose as well as the advantage of it's, it's an advantage that we were coming into the Premier League in that situation because our costs are all going up rather than having to try to bring them down to meet the situation. It's interesting because when Radwick Zani, um, when there was a story about it being confirmed that he will, or that uh, the 49ers have the deal in place to buy by January 2024, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that he kind of kicked off about where it's like, that's not confirmed, you know, don't believe everything you're hearing. I think he's maybe feeling like he's not had the chance to do what he wants to do yet. And this set of accounts, they looked, they just looked so kind of safe, which compared to the what we had years ago and the, the Bates era and um, GFH and Tolino and stuff when the years post Ridsdale, when we were on the downslope, when it was just carnage every year, it's great, you know, it's really good, but it's not, the problem is it's not very exciting. So new generation of fans who don't have those memories will not appreciate seeing a profit that could have been spent on Lewis O'Brien or you know a midfielder <laughs> yeah. that we didn't buy, and also I think Randrizani himself probably be like, well, I, I wanted to buy a cool player because I want cool players here, and he's I want to play and I want to get into Europe and I want to do all those things that he talks about. Um, I want to sign. I want to sign somebody to disrupt it. I want a dog in midfield. Yeah, get an <laughs> NFT in there. Wants, uh, <laughs> just a bit of excitement, a bit of fun. Um, and these, this is, this didn't look like the accounts of a club that just kind of went, let's party. It was like, shit, the, the 
the gates are closed. We just need to get through it. And there's still... I mean, the question though, Moscow, I mean, you think, <clears throat> what about, you know, you're saying he, he hasn't been able to do yet what he wants to do. Does he have the means to do what he wants to do? That's the question that follows from it. Well, he wrote off that £20 million loan by the looks of things to get us profitable. But then there's still room for growth in here because the sponsorship money, the commercial side, hasn't quite had the boom that you might have thought from Sabotop and the like. Those deals aren't quite as game-changing as they otherwise might have been. Mm. Um, and yet the commercial side is performing well, it should be said. Well, like, it's, it's been identified it's, as performing well, given everything. Yeah. The, but the, the, other, the, the other problem is it, just, it looks tiny in comparison now to the TV money as well is the yeah. other thing that you need you need to have a some huge deals in place for it to really for it to really kind of make a, a huge difference to the bottom line on there because it's you know the TV money, TV money is is always going to be the big part of it I mean it, it, looking at the sponsorship stuff as well like you know Man City have got a lot of spon- massive commercial deals but half of them are with their own companies essentially yeah. it's other it's other or, we've seen made up crypto <laughs> yeah uh, like other state other state owned things is what their main sponsors are so you can it's kind of got to take those with a bit of a pinch of salt and I imagine well they're, they're trying to bring in rules out to stop Newcastle just doing this so you know Saudi Airlines can give Newcastle a billion pounds for a, for a sleeve sponsor or whatever I think they're trying to stop that but a lot of those deals are in place yeah the, the commercial income went up 2 million to 36 million mainly driven by merchandising sales going up by a third so you, you're kind of looking for a bigger bump there, but that could come with the, the gates open as well. The other thing to say is not selling any players. Again, it's quite a boring way of running a football club, but the fact that we didn't sell a player and instead, I think that's maybe the choice to get profitable, is we either sell a player as we did every season in the, the championship or it's this loan being written off and some other money being turned into, uh, from debt being turned into shares. That's kind of the two options and they've chosen a nice one. You know, it's much better that we didn't sell, but again, it's kind of the only, that's the only, they're a great set of accounts from a, a boring point of view. I think we're going to say a great set of lads then. But, um, <laughs> I mean, the other thing it shows is just how remarkable the performance was last year when you look at the, the salaries because wages paid is is the surest way of predicting a league in pretty much across the globe. You can you can look at the order of that and you can pretty much say that is the league table and that is essentially how it's worked. I mean, the scum of the kind of, the outliers in it by being still shit despite, I mean, I mean they're third on this list, but this will be, this will be their accounts without Ronaldo and Sancho and but you're right, Varane, though. won't it? So they'll you're be so they'll, right. so they'll be they'll be even higher in the in their next set of accounts that come out. But yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. You know, you're absolutely right. If you look at that table that we've got we've got in front of us, but like if you look at the table of, of who finished where, it's about roughly give or take a few places either side what the league table looks like, isn't it? With some notable outliers, like you say, we we were a lot higher than we had any right to be, which goes to show what a great job you know, Bielsa did and. Um, the only thing on that table is because we declared our wages over 11 months. I think yeah. on the 12 months, we're between Fulham mm-hmm. and Southampton. All oh, right, okay. Um, so so we, we would be a little bit further up, but still not as high up the table as we actually finished mm-hmm. last season. The thing is, we're looking at these accounts from the perspective of being 16th in April 2022, when they relate to last season. I think if we'd, if on the last day, who do we play on the last day? It's West Brom. If as soon as um, full-time whistle went against West Brom, they showed us this and said, we finished ninth and we made a profit in a, a plague year. You'd go, well done. Yeah. That's that's pretty incredible. A year later on, there's, you that, ask, there's that lag, isn't there? Yeah, you, you're looking at this going like, well, you know, if you've made that profit, then why didn't you buy a midfielder? And then we might be in Europe this season, you bunch of dicks. 
So it's <laughs> it's uh, it's either so you know I'm trying to express that they are uh, commercially conservatively in terms of keeping this club going and living within its means, which is kind of the the sensible way of running a football club. We're perfect. It's just a matter of how long you can keep doing that before people go. You know, other clubs have a two hundred percent wages to uh, turnover ratio. Why don't we? Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's difficult to keep. This is, this is where the new stadium comes in, isn't it? Or the new re- or the rebuild, anyway. So, which but I didn't mean a new stadium. <laughs> I meant the stadium being renewed. Is what I mean. I, yes. meant, I meant Ellen Road being renewed. I didn't mean a, a brand new stadium. Well, well that's what United. you said, and that's what's going to be reported on the clickbait website. This is true. I didn't mean new stadium. I meant so we're upgrading it and they're building a new one as well. Is that I what think, you're saying? Yeah, hmm. as we demol- we'll demolish the West Stand, start building a new one behind it or whatever. And then In on Wakefield. Full- yeah, and then on Fullerton Park, they'll also start building another stadium. Mm. You can never have too many because in case one falls over, you've got another one. Perfect. Great. Glad I said that. Neil Warnock, former Leeds United legend, has, has retired. And oh, he has. I think that's because <laughs> I heard the phrase great bunch of lads then, great set nice. of accounts. And it just immediately reminds anybody who doesn't, who isn't aware, by the way. The great bunch of lads that we often trot out does go back to the time of of Neil Warnock. You can't fault their effort. They're a great bunch of lads. So the, yeah, we, did we lose that game? I can't remember. We lost every game, more or less. Yeah. Well, he said it after every pretty much every match. He would say, "Well, you know, I can't fault them. They're, <laughs> they're a great bunch of lads. You can't fault the referee. But the referee is he's really let us down. That tackle, that foul on Danny Webber should have been a penalty. And he said that so often that then it was yeah his last game in charge against Derby um, when we were two one down in the second half. Ross McCormack was brought off the bench where he was sent as a punishment because our leadership group of Paddy Kenny, Michael Brownie, uh, Tonge and Lee Peltz had decided Ross McCormack being annoyed at being taken all the way to Ipswich away while El Juve was left at home to rest because we couldn't be expecting El Juve to go to Suffolk. That McCormack needed to be sat on the bench and made an example of the leadership group decided that came on scored a goal ran to the cop and as he did so turned to the bench pointed at Warnock and shouted fuck off at him which was brilliant and then a few minutes later the cop was singing can't fault their effort they are a great bunch of lads and I think at that point we knew and he could look forward to Warnock being sacked and he was do you know uh, did you watch the little clip I linked to on the sheet is it the one off Sky, Sky. Sport yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it. I was, I was going to do, do a quiz of which managers did he name drop in this five minute clip? And of course, Jose. It's yeah, always it's, Jose, isn't it? How proud to sit dug out next to him and all. Yeah, yeah and Wenger. He loves, he, loves, he loves putting himself there. But yeah, he's not retired. You're quite no, right. No, no. The phone not. rings tomorrow and it's who's down there at the, in the championship at the moment? Reading. Well, the obvious yeah. one. Is, They'll well, be like, oh, well. Hmm. Oh, the obvious one, because Reading's not that far from where he lives, is it actually? Yeah, you're right. You could, you could probably do that in a couple of hours. But. The obvious one is always going to be Plymouth. At some point, if Plymouth make a managerial change, one last challenge, mm. closest to his home and all that. And he, he didn't really even use the words retired, did he? He was sort of saying, well, there's not, there's not really very many good jobs out there at the moment. There's not really a, there's not really a club I could go into that, you know, I could do something. Nobody club. wants gonna, you anymore. I've got to do some other things. And that's the other thing as well. If he's retired, why am I watching clips of him? <laughs> why isn't he just at home, not in front of my face? But instead, I know I'm going to do some after after dinner speaking. Well, he's going to be up to Sheffield. He's going to be a talk spot regular. They love me there. Yeah, exactly. We'll hear more of him than he's managing a football club. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish him a long and healthy, happy retirement. I just wish you would actually do it. A quiet one. A very, very (laughs) quiet one. Let's uh, just wrap up stuff from the other teams. Leeds United women, they lost the County Cup on penalties after they got a late 1-1 draw. I went to that. How was it? um, 
It was good, actually. It was first half. It looked quite bad. Brighouse were truthfully a lot better for first half, and they were. Brighouse have got no business beating Leeds United. Yeah, it is. It is a bit weird. Not they are in the division above. Yeah, it's the right. kind of it's the kind of quirks of the 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 way the league is structured there, isn't it? That we are somehow but there are better teams in the division <laughs> above. But the, those better teams include the footballing hotbed of Brighouse. You're like, mm, this does, doesn't should, quite it's feel a good right. Setup. I should say, by the way, um, I wrongly attributed. Calvin Phillips, you know his, um, his Yorkshire pudding boots. Mm. I said he was in Brighouse. He wasn't. I think he was in Cleck Eaton. Yeah. That, is, um, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Uh, rather than in Brighouse. I think I had Brighouse on the brain because of um, but, yeah. reading about the women. But yeah, they ruined my um, my record of never having seen Leeds score in a cup final. I now have. <laughs> it was admittedly a, a very last minute penalty, which ultimately meant nothing because they lost on penalties. That's very Leeds. But it, it was very Leeds, yeah. Mm. It was, um, but yeah, second half, was, it was a decent performance against... Uh, they, had a, they had a couple of players who were incredibly good but it was, a, it was a good game and it was a big crowd as well actually because I turned up um, stupidly about 15 minutes before kickoff, thinking oh I can park I'll park close by and then there was just like a, uh, about two miles of cars parked in the uh, in the build up to the ground so Kath Hamill's column in the Yorkshire Evening Post this morning she's talking about how they tried to sort of take as long as possible over the coin toss to get more people in because they couldn't for some reason it, there wasn't like a formal delay but the captains and the referees and stuff were talking about what they'd had for tea and stuff to just try and take as long as possible because they were aware that idiots like you were still trying to get through. So the, heads, you say? Doors. Yeah. Heads. So that we're, we're definitely saying heads for that. Are you fine with that being a head? Yeah, just Are do you? it all as long as possible. And the other highlight from I was watching on the TV was after the equalising goal, the player who'd won it, Ramsden, who is 16, got absolutely cleared out by Leeds's goalkeeper in the celebrations. <laughs> it's great to watch the replay. She just goes galloping up to go and up the other end of the pitch to join in and uh, just yeah, absolutely flattens her. It's amazing. She was very good, actually, with Ramsden. She's um, she's she's incredibly good for 16. Yeah, frightening talent. And then there was a victory at Ellen Road. The women played at Ellen Road against Annick, who are bottom of the league. There was a 6-0 there. And, uh, All right, they've got two points this season. Oh, <laughs> Look at that league. And they ended with... Um, fake goalkeeper as well because the goal they got sent off so somebody just had to go in I mean it does go so. there's such a wide parameter of the, the good teams to the bad teams in that division and then it's sort of it's the same like you said about Brighouse and the, and the league above because you're in that kind of it's almost a difficult impossible situation isn't it where they're essentially part time like for example you know we sponsor a player and she's a medical practitioner doing brains and stuff like that transplants I think it is yeah. transplants yeah, Olivia Smart who plays. Is Olivia Smart? Is she still playing left back, or is she? Is she moved? Yeah, she's left back. Yeah, she's the right footed left back. Yes. Good extra ball episode with her where Olivia tells us about her work in the NHS as well. But she's doing all that and, and this as well. So if they get up a division, then maybe they can start committing more money and time to it, and it's kind of you know start to yeah. Only one, only one goes up though, and yeah. that's the thing is, you, and there's two teams at the top, Liverpool and Newcastle, are both dominating the division. So it's kind of it is really hard to get up. I think I think Brighouse got up with the post-COVID reorganisation just because of the quality of the setup that they had so they were told they could go I may not be completely right Did, did, did they Port Vale it? Not quite no not. As, I mean Port Vale deserve nothing whereas um, Brighouse quite rightly they've been quietly decent mm. in the way that they, they've got the club set up for a while so that worked and Leeds are still trying to get there because obviously the Chilino era was not a great time for uh, Leeds United women's football and uh, 23s, so Matteo Joseph, great goal from him. I think that's all we need to say about the 23s game <laughs> against West Ham, isn't it? Yep, yeah, it was it was fine after that, probably. That was in the, the Premier League Cup, was it? Mm. I felt really sorry for Leo Helder because he was at fault for the equalising goal past Van der Heuvel, the goalkeeper, giving him the ball and he was trying to pass into midfield. 
just gave it to their players and they scored. But moments before, he had been lying on the ground because somebody had trampled in a very painful area and he'd refused treatment, but he'd kind of got back to his feet and was like, no, I'll be okay, but was clearly sort of staggering about, wheezing, holding <laughs> himself. And then he gets the ball and, I'd, you know, I, I don't think the fog of pain had cleared. So he's trying to play a precise pass into midfield and it just all went wrong. And I feel like him to at least be charitable to the, the poor young fella. He was he was going through something at the time. Yeah, it's funny, it's reminding me, you know, we've got we've got the interview with former Leeds physio Alan Sutton coming up. Now, I can't remember if he said this on the recording or when it was just talking afterwards, because there was so much of it. But he described it, it is amazing how the magic sponge works. Like I said, <laughs> you could put a bit of cold water on most ailments and it would sort things out, particularly mm-hmm. maybe if the player just wanted a bit of a rest. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't take any of that. He just um he just tried to keep playing on through it. So coming cold there. water on the on the nads would, you know, help with your fertility as well. Could have done something for him. But um I don't know if that was necessarily his priority at no. the time. <laughs> yeah, did we even mention the, the result in this? It was five. Uh, five. It was it was five one. To, the went, on the, to to kind of account for it slightly, um West Ham are very good and there was essentially Bate and Yelder who were both returning from injury, who were the kind of fringe first team players in it, and the rest of them were were genuine youngsters and there was no Greenwood or Cresswell or Gellhart or anyone so they played pretty was, well um, a lot of those goals came in the last 10 minutes or so and so don't count West Ham <laughs> as they showed when we played them in the league earlier in the season they're, they're just big strong lads a lot of them and um, so knock it over our, can't fault the muscles our little they're youngsters. a strong set of lads yeah that's what they were singing I think yeah behind closed doors <laughs> have you heard about Wills future king no 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 the written kind of Wills where your stuff goes. Yes, that one. absolutely correct. Um, Levi Solicitors do all sorts of future planning services for you and they are right behind us on this podcast. If you're planning for the future, whether it is wills, lasting power of attorney, inheritance tax planning, Levi's can take care of all that for you because you need to make sure you see like what's in your loft. I mean, I'm thinking shoot magazines from the 1980s, VHS tapes with Leeds United on them, maybe a collection of football shirts, that kind of thing. Mm. My VHSs are going to the, the dog's home so the, dog, so the dogs can, <laughs> can, watch them can, en- can enjoy those. The... Uh, the lemon card trick with Wilco, that sort of stuff. It's, it's ideal for him. No matter how old you are, you need an up-to-date will. Levi Solicitors can take care of it. 10% off your legal fees as well if you go through us. So have a look at the website for the full range of legal services for you and for your business. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Here is part two of the show, the heroes and villains bits, where we pick a Ken Bates villain of the week first, and then a Gitano Barardi hero of the week afterwards. So who's annoyed us this week then? And we've got loads of nominations coming from our TSP Plus members. Um, what they're saying, Michael, tell me. Scum. 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 Very, very regular nominees in this, for the obvious. Didn't have the good grace to uh, to beat Everton, did they? So fucking useless. Weird, aren't they? I mean, I, I started watching that game and I, and I said to one of my mates, I was like, oh, I've got a feeling like Man United have got the measure of Everton here. Like, it's just a matter of time they'll, they'll score. But it, it was all just so one-paced, wasn't it? And then as soon as they went behind, pathetic. I, I didn't watch this because I knew it'd be terrible. <laughs> but it was one of those, I wasn't entirely surprised just because they're such an odd team at the moment. It felt like Solskjaer was probably a, a dreadful manager and I think he probably was. But maybe his his idea of more or less letting the players do as they want, maybe that actually got the best out of them because they don't seem to be taking taking kindly to being told to do stuff. And it seems like Ronaldo's winning example he was meant to be setting. Oh, he knows how to he knows how to win trophies. He's done it all. He'd get the respect of the lads. No one's gonna have the custard. All this sort of fucking nonsense that was talked. It it turns out they're losing to relegated te- soon to be relegated teams. He's busy smashing up children's phones and is probably the biggest child of, of everyone. Well, they've got nominations for him. I mean, there's a lot of the words that are put in the nominations for the scum. I mean, I can't say that. That's, a, a that's character. Li- that's libelous. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, I can't read, can't read some of these. God, why can't he score against Everton? Uh-huh. So you didn't, we've, heard, we've heard the Everton fans saying that, uh, listing their in, every defender in the squad and saying how shit they all are. Ben, ben Godfrey does too much for Cristiano Ronaldo to do. <laughs> Did he even play? I can't, I can't remember who they had in the in the side they just keep um, kicking it down the road to scum like they nobody in the entire building has a clue what to do so they got rid of Solskjaer because nobody wanted to play for him anymore they got Rannick in for a bit then they're going to try and replace him with someone but they don't know who and then so who is that player going to who is that manager going to sign well don't know who they are so we don't know who they want like, so when are we going to sort that out I don't know do it later because <laughs> they even have it's the um, they have got a managing director now haven't they because Woodward's effed off, but even the new person, they still have to, everything is still laser ridden. It's also slow and they're not really interested anymore because everybody just gives them a hard time. And Ferguson's just, still there stalking the holes as well, isn't well, exactly. it? Exactly. And if he, if he speaks, they'll have to listen and drop all their ideas. And it's just like, yeah, it's a complete mess and it's great. It's just a shame that they couldn't sort of keep it together enough. I mean, they beat us twice, so why couldn't they beat Everton? Well, yeah, but, be they, fair. but they tried against us on both occasions, whereas they didn't really try against Everton, which feels a little bit um, naughty. Mm. I mean, there may be some element of that if you just have enough people not wound up about the atmosphere of the game and stuff and maybe not um, responding to it as well. And the only thing Everton have really got going for them is their home form. They're desperately clinging to the idea that that's going to save them. 
and it seemed to be enough. It might. <laughs> I think with Scum, like against us, Ellen Road, they had the opportunity one that it's a you know big game, it's the Wars of Roses, so everybody's up for it, and two that kind of the way we played meant they had chances and they they could win. But I think the the deal with them is if it looks like it's going to be a bit difficult, just don't fancy it. Don't bother. No. Right, it's too hard. So once Maguire has scored for Everton, it's oh, well if he's going to do that, why should I bother? It's like what, well, just whatever. Yeah, and you get the feeling like now Ronaldo knows he's not going to win anything. He doesn't want to be part of it. He's not no. happy. He's not happy for. He doesn't think he should deserves to be playing in a team that isn't winning something. And so he just acts like a cock. He immediately <laughs> went away um, straight off the game. Uh, he was off abroad somewhere, just on holiday. I bet it wasn't America. No, it was not America. <laughs> no. um, Why? Why? Uh, didn't like go, the culture. No, fair enough. Just a bit too far for a, for this break. This break during the week. The only uh, that's all I'm going to say. Fortunately, the only influence they really have on us from here on is they play Norwich, but I mean Norwich is so far irrelevant now. They're kind of out of any kind of relegation trouble, so they can no longer interfere with our proper business, which is as I like it. Ronaldo himself does get a number of mentions. There are some libelous things in here that I can't say, and please don't say either. But he smashed a child's phone, and that's bad. Don't he apologised though on Instagram didn't actually get in touch with the was it, child I'm, himself I'm sorry you feel that way no he, he, well it was kind well, of that if it was, it was like, on Instagram what, was it a video or was it a, uh, no he just put a text caption underneath the photo okay. of himself he probably hadn't written that then basically it? saying that because he you know he's just so used to winning that he finds it difficult to lose so he smashed up a child's phone and he's sorry about that but <laughs> if they want to go and see a game at Old Trafford that's fine and then um, the parent of said child was like we've not actually we haven't heard from you so just writing on social media that you're giving us some free tickets just makes you look good and doesn't actually do anything for us. And also, my kid doesn't want to go to Old Trafford. He never wants to see you again. He just he does, does want a new phone, though. Give him that. Yes, he wants a new I phone. I think a public flogging. Yeah, I know <laughs> the, it's a bit old-fashioned. No, no. <laughs> the temerity to uh, get into in Ronaldo's way. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 mean, I know it's not the modern way of doing things, but yeah. I feel in this occasion it'd be justified. Should we go dark ages on his ass? Yes, yeah. exactly. A, a public stoning for him. <laughs> Fair enough. Can't be, you can't be lashing out at kids in the crowd. I don't care who you are or what's happening. And it's not even like somebody was, you know, chucking it's, a... He's a 36-year-old grown man. It's not even like somebody was like chucking a bottle at his head or something. It's just somebody was filming his legs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that somehow provokes that reaction. It's just, it's not a, it's not a good sign. It says a lot about him. I bet you've never had bother when you've been filming men's legs, Michael. No, no. Well, that's, that's, you learn your methods over the years, don't you? So you, you get away with it. Um, I think the challenge now is to get Frank Lampard to smash a child's phone before the end of the season. I reckon if you're trying to film his bald spot, that'd probably make you're, him do you're it. You're enjoying this a great just, deal, just, aren't you? Just go behind him. What, you do nothing? 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 Just, uh, he'll snap. Well, I'd just, better, just better turn the... Uh... The ISO value down there, it's a bit, bit, bit of glare and so on and so forth. It was great. The weather conditions at Burnley really didn't help his hair at all. I know he uh, he did his best to put it back together for the post-match interviews when he was in the drive, but the photos of him and the videos of him out on the pitch um, in the torrential rain, just great. Enjoy that hair where you've got it, Frank. Well, Jesse, lovely, the, lovely thick head of hair. And to stress, there is absolutely nothing wrong with being bald. No. Yeah, we have a fine example of the form. <laughs> Sitting right next to me, it's just hilarious how much it will hurt Lampard. <laughs> uh, mo- most people style it out, just get used to it. It's an acceptable part of growing older, and uh, it, it comes to people at different stages in their lives. Lampard, he's never known adversity, so he will just be looking at his hair, going, "Go, go back in." <laughs> I, can, I can picture him with tufts of hair in his hand, like putting it back in the sink. Going, 
slapping himself on the head, like trying to put it back. It won't go back on. It just needs uh, to start growing again. That's yeah. what it needs to do. I've told, I've told Mier that it needs to grow thicker. So I don't know what more I'm supposed to do. <laughs> right into his MP. Did he random it starts growing again? <laughs> He's been nominated a few times anyway. For beating Scum. It, you know, that's the other side of that. It's bad that Scum lost to them, but also Lampard deserves some villainy for engineering. Well, he didn't engineer the win, did he? He just took it, didn't he? He's a facilitator, Moscow. That's how he sees himself. And then Facil- a facilitator boss, of boss, shit. It's not like boss first, is it? What friend first, boss second, entertainer third. Jake Humphrey gets a mention again for that bit on BT Sport that we mentioned, where absolutely nauseating defence of of Lampard from him and his uh, his acolytes. Uh, I think that pretty much deals with with that game. Uh, back to Leeds related stuff. Andre Mariner, referee, gets a gets a mention. Yeah, I suppose he goes in with the. Um... Kuchka and uh, João Pedro both had a, a few occasions, didn't they, where they were they were busy rolling around. And to, to buy that one in particular, the uh, was it the click? I think his foot went quite close to him, which was enough to make him go down. He just hooked his foot around clicks, didn't he, and then fell. To buy that, to give a free kick for that in a Premier League game mm. with, with everything that's at stake. Come on! And the João Pedro, he was the one who was rolling around holding his face as if he'd had his mm. eye spooned clean out <laughs> when I think he'd, he'd actually I think I think he'd had like a, a touch of his eyebrow or something and he'd, yeah. uh, he'd kind of gone down in. that was click as well I think wasn't it because yeah. you know, he ended up shouting at him on the ground which was good I think there should be more of that <laughs> Shout, shouting at players even if as Roy Keane was they're badly injured <laughs> particularly if it's Roy Keane eh? he brought that on himself though didn't he, he? Did. he was trying to foul he's trying to foul David Weatherall wasn't he and it all went badly wrong mm. and then Alfie Harlan shouted at him so he uh, ended Harlan's career. Reasonable response. Yes, again, it's like, you know, smacking a phone out of a child's hand because they're filming your legs, snapping Alfie Harlan's knee because he shouted at you once. Makes you think there may be a culture at that club that needs burning down. We're getting uh, some pelters here. Jack says, you miserable lot. Absolutely massive win. Six pointer. First clean sheet in six months. Three goals. A win in London. Watford is basically London. And you barely crack not, a smile. It's not really. No, It'll it's not. do. For the purposes of the curse, it's... Only, um, just, only Ryanair would claim it to be to be London. <laughs> Disgusting, says Jack. Nowhere man simply calls us miserable twats. And the ghost of Neil Warnock, says you lot, constantly moaning about the style of play under Marsh. We won 3-0 because of it. Because it wasn't Bielsa in the dugout at the end of a 7-0 thrashing, you can suddenly turn your nose up at a very critical three points. No, I'm not three at all. Val- no, three valid points, because I, I wasn't here and I fully agree with them. <laughs> I think they were, this is absolutely I mean, accurate I think, assessment. I do think we addressed it over on uh, on Propaganda, go and watch it there, but it's just, it's a stress response, I think, and giving up possession all the time is really hard to come to terms with when you've seen such nice football, but mm-hmm. separate results from style, we've said that, and I really enjoyed the result, and I've in, I enjoyed it more. When I got to match of the day stage that night, very, very happy. Watched it again last night, like the whole second half, absolutely fine. Loved it, very, very happy. Yeah, and I think after the, particularly after the Burnley, defeat at Norwich I was just like yeah don't really care don't yeah. care I want it it's fine I was having a lovely afternoon full time cheering very happy Harrison's goal in fact two fists in the air um, double fisting I shouted the words uh, you son of a bitch and just great times so maybe you just make each other miserable <laughs> it's just it's toxic, just, it's, toxic. It's, just, it's just leads it's stress can't cope with stress When it, if and when our safety is confirmed I know I'm going to feel like a massive weight has been lifted. That's how it felt when we when we got promoted. Mm. As much as uh, like post Barnsley, as we said, like we were angry at the at them for winning <laughs> post Barnsley. On the general um, miserable side of things, um, Mike is calling out. It calls out every dickhead crying over the style of football. Um, he said I'm as big a Bales fan as anyone. Being a nerd who reads Jonathan Wilson books, I cried when he was sacked. 
but I could see the logic behind it. I'm amazed people could watch Joel fucking Matip and other wank centre-backs walk into yeah. our box and score week after week, then say Marsha's football will relegate us. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree totally. I think it's effective, just because it's not as beautiful doesn't mean it's it's less effective. I think it's more effective, to be perfectly honest. And I think given where we are in our evolution, if we're going to use that word, mm. I think we're probably more suited to getting mid-table Premier League status with this style of play. Because all the things that we picked holes in about Bielsa, it seems to have largely been addressed, even if it's not pretty. <clears throat> we finished ninth. Oh, sorry, we finished ninth. We say? had we had mid-table Premier League status last season, and then we just no, had I mean, a bad I'm, season. No, but I mean, like generally, you know, in an ongoing sense, in, in moving ourselves up into that group that's not this group. Done it once, we could have done it next season with Bielsa. We'll never know. Well, this is the point. Yeah, um, Rafinha gets mentioned uh, about his goal celebration. I thought it was hilarious. Did he mean to? Because he, he held his knee at one point. Like, oof, that hurt. Oh, yeah, he absolutely hurt himself and he shouldn't do it, but it's great. It's one of the reasons why Barcelona and PSG should just stop sniffing around him. He's not he's not slick enough. No. Even the thing where he went and put the um, headphones on, on the bench, um, he seemed to just find the seat where the Sky reporter normally sits. And so just for a laugh, just goes and sits in that seat and put the headphones on to listen to the commentary. And then they say, oh, can you hear us, um, Rafinha? And he's giving a big goofy wave. Yeah. Like, like Neymar really loved it. Neymar must look at that and the celebration and just think this guy's absolute deadbeat. What a dra- he would drag us down. He imagine trying to do, and he he did his little dance at the end, so he's almost like he's learning. But you know, imagine trying to pull that off, and you turn around and there's Neymar just staring at you. It's like just get out of my team. Too it's, too rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. So they don't need go. to just Can't um go. yeah. And I don't think it'll fit in at, at Barcelona as well because they're trying to raise the standards. They don't need. If they've already got Traore and they've got Obama Yang and you know all these kind of castoffs that they're kind of putting together, it's all it's all a bit ragged and not cool. And they need to get the cool back. And I don't think Rafinha, for his beautiful play, he's just going to be too weird for them if he's going to keep doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, you can't have personality. Can I can you? I can picture him messing up a knee slide in the Spotify camp, and you know, hundred thousand people throwing cushions at him because it's dragging that good name of the club now. We are more than a club. We are, we do knee slides properly here. Don't be, don't laugh. You see all the coverage of like whenever <laughs> Gareth Bale fucking breathes on the bench at Real Madrid, they have a camera on him and somebody's like doing lip reading of the people who are sitting next to him and what they're all saying and stuff. Imagine the analysis of Rafinha messing up a knee slide and then going and sitting on the bench with headphones on. Just like, it would be, it just does not it'll, fit. It'll never work. He'll have to just no. stay here. We we will deal with all his little foibles for as long I as I will say, we um, credit to Gareth Bale for getting, he got some sort of sponsorship deal from a big golf brand, didn't he, ahead of the Masters. <laughs> and he was he was hawking it off on his uh, on his social, which I, I think is, is a brilliant way to respond to, to Marker, who uh, went to town on him, didn't they, about his, uh, his golfing habits. Anyway, whoever injured Joffey's got a mention... Whichever Palace player it was, who and Gioffi damaged. hurt himself. No, let's blame, he, it, let's blame it on Palace. He got around the Palace player, and then I think they kind of brought him down, but he landed on top of the ball, um, thigh first. I think that's what seemed to do for him. So only got himself to blame. There's a couple of good um, Watford nominations for no reason whatsoever. Just picking on people for being old, more or less mankhead styling. Once uh, some Foster didn't do anything wrong. But just give it up, lad. You're pushing 40 and dicking around with a GoPro. Just move on. She's not coming back. <laughs> and also Roy Hodgson from Jelly. So as you're 109, yeah. have a Horlicks and tend to your garden, you absolute madman. I, uh, I put that in the, the heroes uh, column for Hodgson. Uh, I'm kind of admiring how... I don't know why he went there. It's, it's weird, isn't it? He doesn't seem to care. 
But he's just, he's dropping, um, I mentioned it in, I think, propaganda, that his post-match press conference was, it was like dropping the truth bombs out there. It was like, I don't want to talk about confidence because people will, will put headlines that I'm saying things that I don't believe in you can only, and I can't train confidence. He's being very clear about the things he can and can't do as a manager that I don't think you got from him earlier in his career when he'd be a bit more cagey, but he's now... Don't give know, a shit, does he? He's 110. Yeah. He, he does not care what anybody thinks about it. And if Watford go down, he was like, well, fuck it, I tried. Who, who else was going to do any better? So Just go to my caravan and have um, a nice time. Yeah, and I, I don't understand why he's not, you know, stayed retired, but I kind of can get it a bit more now seeing how he's gone along with it, you know, with all the fans on his back about making substitutions. And he's a bit like, I don't give a toss. Gary Lineker gets a mention as well by Adsham says, Crisp shagger, Gary Lineker still banging on about Marsh being American in his interview on Match of the Day because he mentioned Ted Lasso, didn't he, of course. Something quite unsettling about him having to say he knows that people don't like his accent and he has to try to use the right words. Yeah, that that's going to be this season's Bielsa burnout, isn't it? It's just not that interesting no. to mention every time. It's It was addressed, I thought he'd done well addressing it, first of all, because I thought it might stop people mentioning it, but it hasn't. Nobody <laughs> fucking listens. So, he, he needs he, what he needs to do is more interviews. <laughs> that's it you know we had um, Bielsa not learning English until the day that he left and afterwards and he addressed that right at the start as well and all the way through he explained it in full what he was doing why he did it that he wanted to not have to filter his thoughts through a foreign language that he doesn't understand so if he says it all in Spanish all anybody has to do is translate it and they understand perfectly what he's trying to express and so there's no difficulty in Communication. No, I should just speak English. You know, you can see, you can explain it till you're blue in the face. And Jesse Marsh will go on and on and go. Well, I'm American. That's why I have this accent. Yeah. But thank you for bringing it up again. <laughs> Let's just go. Oh, a Ted Lasso joke. Yeah. Uh, and as uh, it's in the the latest magazines, Fiona Kyle points out, Ted Lasso is a great manager. Yeah. Very successful. Does all the right things with all the things you you want to do. So it's not even like I'm going. Ah, 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 Ted Lasso. Good, he wins, he wins things right. as far as I'm aware. I've not seen a, a yeah. minute of it. I was going to say, it's not quite true, but Watford mentioned Wisconsin Todd's describing them as no marks, Reading FC with an Elton John soundtrack and not even good Elton John either. 1990s era Elton John. Please hit the bricks. It's that... Um, <laughs> the yellow bricks. The video of Elton John doing... Uh, it was I'm still standing in lockdown. I'm, I'm still standing. Yeah. That one. The, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Not his finest and uh, another, another Watford mention. Ken Bates stole my seat. Wants to nominate the Watford screamer. Which you picked, did you pick that up on mm. the effects mics? That whoever it was that whenever I think we went forward, somebody was was a child or whatever. Going, there, was a, there was a gaggle of them. I was yeah. listening on headphones. Like do you mean being described like a goat being strangled? Yeah, I think they put an effects mic near wherever the kids section was. Mm. Um, the ones that they always turn off when they get near the Leeds fans. Yes. <laughs> For various reasons. Yeah, they thought that they might be safer near the children, but instead it was just much more shrill. A, a non-Watford Leeds interface here from Southampton. Philip says, Southampton, seriously, what the F? 6-0 against Chelsea. Why didn't they do that last week? Makes you think. Yes, did we, is that what you, did you use your time off to, um, from the podcast to listen to any Matt Letizia videos? Anything, anything uh, interesting you've come across? In, uh, invest my time in them. Um, I'm fairly comfortable not paying attention to Malatis, yeah. You could have, you'd have, you've, you'd have had time to graduate from the uh, Facebook University if you'd have wished in the hour or two you, you missed from doing the podcast. There is a, a low-level grind here by the by Boniem who's suggesting that Lions men uh, and women had enough of this shite. Now just flag for offside, you knobs. It is really annoying. Yeah, just put it up, because they sometimes do, and then sometimes don't. So just do it. Yeah, Melia 
made a good save, didn't he, in this mm. game? I mean, maybe it's good. It let him show off. Yeah. He, didn't have, he didn't have many saves but to he, make, did he? He had sore ribs, or mm. sore whatever was still hurting, so the less he had to do, the better he can... Uh, I don't think... Has he been nominated for a hero? Probably I think not. He, I think he has Oh, one. yeah, there is. Okay. Just playing through the pain. Now, if you're a little bit sensitive to very mild poking of fun at Jesse Marsh, just close your ears for the next 30 seconds, because Alan wants to nominate the Leeds United groundsman. Uh, says, remember when this lot were the heroes for making our pitch playable last season? Great bunch of lads. Well, what an easy task they have now ahead. They only have to look after the middle third of the pitch because the width will remain untouched in pristine condition, etc. There you go. Punchline. Right. Pick out a uh, villain of the week. Well, it's either Scum or Ronaldo, isn't it? Depends whether they want to um, personify it or just give it to the, an entity. Ronaldo will just smash it, won't he? Like a phone. So not putting anything in his, his hands is uh, for the better. So to scum in general, I think it sums it up. Although I do find them amusing. Okay, fine. Katana Baradi Hero of the Week Award nominations, please. Oh, there's a lot for Liam Cooper. Right, so I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll give the main body of nominations and then pick out some reasons. So Cooper gets nominations. Rodrigo, not quite as many, but plenty. And the Rodrigo Chant as well. Let's start with those three. Um, they seem to be taking up the majority of nominations. Yeah, Mike on Cooper says, I don't think in the history of the club a single player has proved so many people wrong over and over again. <laughs> it, is, it is fair with Cooper because he, he he's never loved, is he, particularly? I think this is this comeback is as near as I've seen to people wanting him in the team. It feels like everyone's want, throughout 10 managers, no one's ever wanted him in the team, but managers always want him in the team, more or less, other than Gary Monk, who, as we know now, was a snake. So, mm. yeah, he's um, he's been brilliant since he came back and to have had such a long time out and have come back like running in the way it has is uh, is amazing. There was that moment on Saturday when uh, he put out uh, Cooper sort of in the right back position. He just passed it straight into touch because Melier was behind him, and I don't think Melier called for it. And he, and he turned around, and he did that gesture with his hand. You know, as in talk, talk, and I'm like, that's that's what he's there for. Just the, the glue that holds it all together. Yeah, his um, experience is looking well on him. Everything he's learnt of last few years, even from before Bielsa was stood him in in good stead for being a Premier League. Defender, I think there's sort of the calls to get him back in. He was benefiting a bit from that kind of the player out the team is always the answer thing, but justifiably because he is just he's, he's a great antidote to Diego. Who, <laughs> yeah, who, uh, he's a confusing presence. Yeah, he had his moments again on <laughs> on Saturday, and but with your uh, with Cooper alongside him, who I think probably has the confidence to put Urenta in his place when he needs to. He just makes the defense better. It's weird. He's, he'll just always be one of those conundrums you'll never look at him and say yep there's a real legend of football Van Dyke combined with Maldini in one big body but whatever he does just makes the team better so good and yes. the, the defence as a whole was not brilliant actually on the weekend either I thought, I thought they were other than Cooper I thought they were all a little bit shoddy at points the <clears> distribution <throat> was erratic but I thought actually we defended quite well like I said having rewatched it I thought we defended alright albeit it was a bit industrial at times Dallas mm. just kept he was chasing that guy up the wing so many times he just kept getting past him too easily and then crossing from that side and that's probably one of the ways that Cooper ended up having a good game is because he was clearing all those um, things but then that's down to you know if we had a left back then Dallas wouldn't be playing there he could be in midfield and doing different things so it's kind of that's where Cooper being there to kind of solve, uh, to be the last line of defence to solve the problems that we have because of the players we have in those positions. It's good. How am I putting this? It's good that Stuart Dallas can afford to have a bad game and not end up conceding loads of goals because we've got Liam Cooper there to sort it out. And that's how it should be in a team is that you should have players who, if 
one player is having a bad day, there are other players who can sort it out and make sure it doesn't matter. And Cooper seems to have that kind of magnetism to whatever is going on around him. I think he was definitely the best of those three players, of the four players in the back in the back four. He was better than the other three and was a big part of making sure that we kept a clean sheet. Yeah. And he we, can, we do not keep clean sheets. He can stay for a bit longer, can't he? That's the thing. Stay as long as he wants. Really. I think the, I think the I don't know why I, I weirdly thought about David Weatherall this week in relation to Cooper in that he's when we sold him, a lot of people were like, Oh, we probably need someone a bit better than David Weatherall. And we didn't really get anyone better in the end. We got Michael Ju- we got Michael Jubry. And I know I know we brought in Ferdinand and uh, you know, he would have essentially been a bench player for us, but he'd have been a better bench player than Michael Jubry and he would have cost less and we already had him and we knew about his character and what he brought to the club as a whole, so let him stay. Weatherall, <laughs> Weatherall should have played for England. He was good enough. And it was always the um one of the great tributes to kind of how Leeds United regards its players was when Ridsdale, who thought he understood Leeds fans, said afterwards it was when we signed Seth Johnson mm. and he said, This proves that we have moved on from the David Weatherall's and Bob Molinar's of this world. And every Leeds fan who heard that went, what the hell was wrong with Weatherall and Molinar? We loved them. They fucking gave absolutely everything to this club. We, they played their hearts out week in, week out. And they were both at Bradford going, what the fuck? Why are you dragging us into this? And uh, Molinar went public on it and got an apology out of Ridsdale. You know, and Cooper will have that where for all the criticism, we will call him League One Liam till... His, at the end of his days but if anybody tries to criticise him and say that you know he's not, he's not been in that Ridsdale style say, like, oh we've moved on say, Cooper got, promoter, got promotion with us he was captain you can't have too much of a go at him we can criticise him and call him funny names but um, if anybody tries to be mean about him they should not I like I like to think Bob Moll and I went to Ridsdale's house to get that <laughs> apology so what, 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 you, what you been saying about me Pete why yeah. are you dressed as a bus driver yeah, the disdain for well, whether I was throwing test tubes at him. Yes. On Liam Cooper, Johnny Wow says, I almost cried myself thinking about him almost crying when he <laughs> talked to the team after the match. Must have been quite a, an important moment for, for Cooper. That was a bit weird. <laughs> oh, come on. We're in touch with our feelings. Oh. Anyway, let's get on to Rodrigo. Um, before we get into these, I, I want to say hi to Holly who tweeted me after the game. And I'd forgotten I'd said this, but then I saw it in evidence again when Rodrigo scored. I said ages ago, he celebrates like a five-year-old, like such unbridled childlike joy on his face when he scores a goal. Like he, he basically just runs screaming with his mouth open and his arms out like like kids do, which he, I think he is He the ball up in the air on this one as well, didn't he? Which was nice. Right in the back of the stand, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was nice. We did, it's not being mentioned anywhere. Uh, Luke Ayling hitting the, well, roof of the stands, stroke <laughs> scoreboard with a shot, which was, I remember seeing Paul Beasley do that once, the south stand end, and it was... I don't think I've ever seen it since. It's, yeah. uh, and he laughed about it too, he which did. is nice. We missed Daling's um, pratfall the other week as well, didn't we? He's good to have about, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's a laugh. Yeah, well, he's there as the entertainment, isn't he? At, at very least, never mind um, whatever qualities he has as a footballer. But yeah, back to Rodrigo. Dead good, isn't he now? It seems like this this suits him a lot more than, than Bielsa Ball. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think he was particularly brilliant in this game as a whole. I didn't think he was involved as much as he has been in, in recent weeks, but... Scored, didn't he? But it was it, and the, whole, stri- and he was, the he whole performance was shitter, though, wasn't it? Scored whilst playing up front, yeah. which is good. Yeah, and, and he did. He did a, a nice little half turn, I think, around the uh, centre circle and release. Thinking, I mean, Jackie down the left at one point. Just those little flashes of quality were there, um, stuff that you didn't see. You know, there were no Watford players linking up properly. He was though for us. Good. It kind of fits with the nominations for Sam Greenwood as well. And then when Marsh was saying afterwards that he needs to 
find a way to use Greenwood more and Joffy more and Somerville more and Cree more, which is the same person. <laughs> um, I think we ran out of names, but um, does give us an option if Greenwood can do the job that Rodrigo is being asked to do and get the assists that Rodrigo did not while he was playing there. And then we can stick Rodrigo up front instead of Dan James. It's a little bit of options. And uh, as we're those, saying... Those through balls to Nicatia next season as well. Well, I mean, he might, it might work because there was, a, you know, when we're talking about, we mentioned on uh, uh, Propaganda, I think that the Greenwood's adaptation just consists of just like sticking that ball up the middle for somebody to, to chase onto. And um, that's kind of a, an element of the football playing that you, you can... You don't have to be precise. It's kind of built in that you can just do these, hit the areas and and stick to kind of principles of like, if you just hit the ball up the middle, somebody will chase it and get there. Whereas Rodrigo seemed to be trying to get it on Dan James's feet. And James has that habit of kind of trying to let the ball come to him um, rather than going to it. So it all just, it worked well. And so if the rest of the season is just Sam Greenwood at 10, just like pinging balls towards the goalkeeper for Rodrigo or even... I suppose he can't really drop Rodrigo to let Dan James carry on up front, but Rodrigo can play the first half, Dan James the second half. God, we've got so many multifaceted players. In <laughs> such this, o- such in, options, must This enormous squad full of options. That Do you we like have. the new uh, Rodrigo chant? That's good, isn't it? It is good. I like that. We're trying to decipher from uh, from back here, sat in the studio on, on Saturday, exactly yeah. what it was, but we do know. We just, just basically his name is, whoa, Rodrigo, whoa, right now. Good. Yeah. We need more songs. Um, on the uh, mentioning little scum bastard there. Uh, he gets a Marsha's Mayhem gets go nominates him for his relentless pressure and um, kind of links to him. Sean G nominates his partner Emma, who, despite not really supporting football, the other day walked into the room when I was watching the game, heard the name James, and asked how the little scum bastard was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor James. We'll, we'll, do we ever stop calling him that? Or no, no. Okay, good. No. It will always be affectionate. Term of endearment. Yeah, and I feel a bit sorry for him at the moment. You know, just saying how kind of dispensable he is up front. He's getting absolutely nothing, isn't he? He's running his little heart out every single match and just, I'd, it would be nice for him to score a goal, wouldn't it? Well, he'll, I think he'd like it. He'll get one of those opportunities a bit like the Watford um, mishap at the back that let Rodrigo mm. in and he'll run through and run he'll get that chance and he'll miss. Like <laughs> Tyler Roberts against uh, Southampton last season where he has like three chances at it and finally gets it in. He just needs one of those. Just, just a ball in there. Just some reward for constantly scampering about. Did you see the goal Gaza scored in that... Um... That game the other day. No. Oh, they they basically let him um, score in like a, a kind of a legends testimonial type game. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the sort of level of something you'd you'd present to a mascot at the start of a game where people like like Gaza score. Come on, give it to it. Let let him have an open net to Keep, do it. Keeps so, diving out of the way. And it all was that. Yeah, 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 terrible. Roy Hodgson with the through ball. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we get a number of nominations for Jackie as well, who's on a little bit of a hot streak at the minute. He's kind of low key coming to form, hasn't he? Is Jackie? Well, Boney M kind of. Um, encapsulates that which is Harrison I guess has he really scored three and three can someone check that doesn't feel right yeah he's, he's doing well isn't he at the yeah, minute he's, he's a, a bitch Rodrigo is three and four like players are on streaks yeah it's crazy hot streak of form who knows what's happening uh, nod towards Somerville as well because that I like that little bit where he fell over but then he scooped the ball out from between two players and ran up the wing that was nice um, yeah Greenwood as well gets some some mentions as well uh, be a big benefit for these lads when we have five substitutes next season it's yeah. going to be a Marshall Denise yeah I don't like that rule I think it changing half a team goes against sort of football principles to me it makes it too easy but the fact that would you that, say no subs no some but being able to bring on an entire new team like Barnsley were doing it in the championship weren't they where he, he 
he was just running all the players into the ground in the first half, knowing that he could bring on a, a new front five. It's kind of a special teams element to it that I don't like, but it means there's more opportunity for Greenwood and Somerville and Joffe and um, Somerville and Somerville and Somerville to play. <laughs> then uh, that's good. Jesse Marsh obviously gets um, a few mentions here as well. That even the people who are not entirely sold on the the style, everybody appreciates that it's been far more effective in these games because we've got the points on the board and hopefully it looks like the, the ship is being turned around and all that. Uh, Roger suggests that because he's doing a great job, he should wear tighter trousers. <laughs> not sure of the logic of that necessarily, but do we, are we suggesting they need to be looser when we lose games, but tighter when we win them? Although it was mentioned as well about um, the XJ, the X jeans, expected jeans, that mm. the, the navy blue, the, the dark jeans seem to be outperforming the grey stonewashed ones. So he needs to stick to them. I was wondering about that because the bench, Mark Jackson and everybody else were all wearing tracksuits and trainers and there's Jesse in his jeans and his nice jumper. I do wonder how that decision sort of gets made. Like if maybe Mark Jackson is one day is like, oh, I bought some new some new shoes. I thought I might wear them at the game. Like, you are not wearing those. I'm the one who gets to wear nice shoes. So it's, it's but all clubs are like that. And I don't know who makes that rule of like that. Pep Guardiola can go out in like a Manchester hoodie and the rest of his staff just have to wear wind cheaters. Like, but he's the most photographed one. He's, he's on camera most often, so Puma are going to give him that and say, wear that. Yeah, I think there's an element as well. I was rationalising I think if you're involved in actual the warm-up, like Jackson and co, I can't remember the rest of them, there's Toshak's son, isn't there? will be out there kicking the balls with players. Whereas Jesse Marsh just chats to Adam Forshaw for 20 minutes and <laughs> does nothing. <laughs> but the other is so but he has to go on television afterwards and so he has got to look smart but hey looking smart it's Cox, an interesting Cox, world Cox it? torn shirt enjoyed by people mm. uh, he says uh, Wisconsin Todd says it was almost as if it was done on purpose like he was going to spring break 87 in Fort Lauderdale to defend his beer beer bong title does that mean beer pong? Beer pong? Beer, yeah. Or beer pong, maybe that's beer different. Beer pong might be know. a different thing, yeah. Inhaling beer sounds like a bad idea. Suggest that the lilac only added to the vibe, but the lucky lilac kit now, unbeaten in it, by the mm. way. Pookie, Norwich, Smith, picked out by a number of people for putting a nail into Burnley's coffin. Uh, Nathaniel, I enjoyed Nathaniel's comments suggesting that that beautiful bulldog-faced bastard Norwich beating Burnley was massive for us. Tom Humphrey's points out Norwich, a great bunch of lads, but not Jake Humphrey, which goes back to the, I think it's the Lampard thing, and I tried to find it on the BT Sport channel. Do they ever sit around with Humphrey, Ferdinand and uh, Joe Cole and go, oh, we've had this tweet about how Sean Dyche is doing at, at Burnley. Do we think that's fair? I mean, you know, he's had Weghorst in there. Is, is he really? They don't know a fucking thing about him and they don't care. They only care about their friends. <laughs> and they don't deserve to have friends, but they do deserve the friends they've got because I would not want to be friends with Frank Lampard. Okay. So they can be friends all the way to hell. Um, but, si was at a wedding by the way, on um, on Saturday. It's the third time lucky wedding that's been cancelled by uh, multiple bouts of COVID and he enjoyed very much the, the vibrating phones as Leeds <laughs> went ahead like half, half the wedding all going, oh, Leeds has scored, which is good. And he said, yeah, that just seeing the goal app, it made him think we turned into Man City overnight. Which we like, did, yeah. 3-0. Great performance. Yeah, nothing, to be, nothing to be complained Come about. Come on, let's have a... Did we yeah. ever get to oh. the bottom of what happened to our friend who was in A&E? Have they been back in touch or did, they? Yeah, did tweets and said, okay, yeah. uh, the heart monitor was, should, should say it was, that was on the match ball, wasn't it? Uh, that the, the heart monitor had been going off. We don't know exactly why that person was in. I can't remember his name as well. That might have been a sigh as well. But anyway, in A&E for some complaint and the heart monitor alert kept going off because <laughs> Leeds fan and 
and the stuff are like, oh, yeah, I get it now. But anyway, things are stabilised and we're all fine. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. I did see a tweet the other day of um, it was some, I think it might have been a playoff final that Millwall were in and they'd, they'd hooked a fan of each up to a heart monitor and the, the Millwall went up to 200, which may be. Um, that's, that's high. I mean, certain things will do that to you. We'll get the old pulse racing. Uh, right, okay, then let's pick a hero of the week. Is it Coops? Yeah. The Coopton. Yeah. Did he win last dog. week as well? I, th- I don't know. He might have done. God, we don't give, we don't give any kind of uh, gravitas to this award, do we? Can't even remember who won the bloody thing last week. Seven days ago, Michael. Well, if if you've got it, Coops, just keep hold. <laughs> you get it for ages now as well. Don't return it, yeah. Don't return the award. Uh, is that, is, are we all in agreement there on Cooper? Because uh, good performance. Yeah, it was a it was a game that generally lacked a much fun. But um, we don't need a tier four expe- acceptance speech. <laughs> I want one on this one. No, I want one. Still does. I mean, it's fine to be emotional, but it was a way to Watford. It's like just pack up and go home. It's fine. <laughs> we won the three 0 It's I'm great. You, I'm glad you can be confident, Moscow. Right, that wraps up the show for this week. Then we'll be back uh, with well, we've got the preview for Palace weekly show next week. So no uh, match ball, no propaganda. Just the FA Cup semi-finals and the Buttercup, of course. If you're a, a TSB Plus subscriber, yeah. Well, yeah, that maintains our cup interests for this season, doesn't it? A final four showdown of crap low knees that we've had in the last fifteen to twenty years. If that's not enough, there is going to be Alan's son. Yes, as a <laughs> yeah, Just balance, balancing out the. Not to mention as well, comedian Maisie Adam as well. We've got um, a chat with Maisie coming up, so look out for that. And we will see you next time. The Square Ball Podcast. 